Hello everyone, thank you so much for listening and watching. You are listening and watching to the Incoming Auti, or TIA for short. Thanks for joining me. This is part two of my story with autism. And at the end of the last episode, if you haven't listened to it yet, I would advise to go back and have a listen, otherwise you won't know what's going on. But at the end of the last episode, I'd just gotten to the stage where I was thinking that autism might be a thing for me and I was deciding what to do next. I decided to go to the doctor. That seems like the sensible thing to do. So I booked an appointment with my doctor and off I went. Now when I got there, I realised, well I was told that it wasn't my doctor I was seeing, it was a locum doctor. And so I didn't know whether that was going to be a good thing or a bad thing, to be honest. But I went in anyway, and I did have to speak to her about something else. And I think that was my first mistake. So if anybody is considering going to the doctor about this, then I would advise you to only go to the doctor about this one thing. Don't go with a few things like I did. Well, two things. So I started off with the easier one to talk about. And then I just kind of dropped in at the end, uh, towards the end of the appointment. Oh, and uh, well, there was something else I wanted to talk to you about. And I think I might be autistic. And she kind of looked at me and was like, okay, what makes you think that you are? And really, at the time, all I had was that I didn't get sarcasm and that I didn't understand people's jokes. And <laughs> I'm just trying to think, was there anything else? I think that was about it, actually. I just did, I didn't really have a lot to go on, only what my friends had told me. Um, and I just really wasn't prepared for the questions. So I just kind of stammered a bit like I just did then and uh, told her that, well, that was it really. And of course, I guess she didn't believe me. And she looked at me as if to say, right, okay. So you've obviously just Googled this and think that you have it, but have no evidence to back it up. Well, she handed me this A4 sheet of paper with some sort of questions on it. There was about, I don't know, seven or eight questions on there, I think. It wasn't a very in-depth form. She told me to go away, fill it out, and then bring it back. Um, and I said to her, can I just do it now? And she said, no, take it away and bring it back. So I was like, okay. When I got out and looked at it, I mean, it was really a mess of a piece of paper. It was... You could tell it had just been like photocopied from a photocopy. It wasn't very in-depth questions. In fact, I can't even remember what they were. I don't know whether anything would have been done from that, but I didn't fill it out anyway. I don't know whether the fact that she told me to go away and fill it and bring it back was kind of a test, you know, as to whether I was really determined. Um, but I didn't fill it out and I didn't bring it back. I just got very disheartened and I just felt turned away. But if you live in the UK, then you might be familiar with that feeling after going to the doctor. It's certainly happened to me quite a few times. And I know it's happened to lots of my friends and family as well. And when I'm talking to them, I always encourage them to go back and don't take no for an answer and fight for it. You know, if you think there's something wrong, then you need to not let yourself be dismissed and not let yourself just be turned away with no explanation. And yet that was 
exactly what I'd just let be done for me. So I just went home and I just kind of forgot about it for a little while, but I did tell my friend Dave about it. And I've asked Dave if I'm allowed to say his name and he said, yeah, it's fine. So, uh, so yeah, it's Dave. And so, yeah, I spoke to him, I told him what happened and I spoke to him and he said, yeah, when you go, you, you should go again. And when you go, take a list of reasons as to why you think you might be autistic because they don't really like referring people. And I didn't know that at first. So that was really, really useful information. So if anybody out there is thinking about going to the doctor, A, only go about the autism and B, do your research or take and take a list of reasons as to why you think you are as well. Because they may look at you like you're a little bit sort of crazy, maybe like a hypochondriac or something. Um, that's how the doctor looked at me anyway. And she didn't know me, obviously. She was just there for a, a day. She didn't make me feel good about it. But I was unprepared. But I didn't really realise that you had to be that prepared going to the doctor. I thought they were supposed to just listen to you and and ask you questions and stuff. And, well, she only asked me one and <laughs> I, d- I didn't really know what to say. Um, I don't know. The more I'm saying it out loud now, the more I'm wondering whether it was my fault. Anyway... I got some good advice and so I researched it a little bit and uh, wrote down all of the reasons that I thought that I was and after I did that I had a lot of reasons and I wish I still had that list because I'd read it out to you now but unfortunately I've I did it on my phone and I've changed phones since then and I just don't have that list anymore but it did include that I don't get sarcasm and I don't get jokes It also includes the fact that I have suffered with depression and anxiety my entire life, that I um, am quite intelligent, that I enjoy watching things and repeating things like over and over and over, like songs or films. Generally, those are the the two big ones, but especially films, I would enjoy repeating the same bit over and over and over and over again. And my family used to get really fed up with me when I was younger. So yeah, there was that. There's the fact that I just didn't really enjoy conforming to social norms. So you know, there are certain things, certain rules that I just don't want to follow and I just don't see the point of them. Um, So that was on the list. And there were a few other things as well. Well, there were quite a few other things. So I went very prepared and I saw a different doctor this time. Again, I think it was a locum, but she was a lot nicer. And I went only about this one thing. And when she said to me, why do you think that? I reeled off this huge list. And at the end of it, she just nodded her head and went, yeah, okay, I'm happy to refer you. And so she did. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay, that was that was actually easy. Um, after I'd done a bit of pre- preparation, it wasn't too bad at all. So she referred me and she told me that it would be about a six month waiting list. And this was December 2019. And I said, well, okay, that's fine. You know, I've, I've waited 36 years, I can wait another six months. I didn't I haven't knowingly waited 36 years, but, you know, I was just thinking, well, you know, if I've had it my whole life, I'm sure I can wait another six months. That's no problem. During that time, I didn't think about it a whole lot for the first four months or so. 
And then the pandemic of this year, earlier in March, started and lockdown happened. And I guess like everybody, I found myself furloughed and, well, like a lot of people anyway, yeah, I found myself furloughed and with a lot more extra time on my hands and therefore a lot more extra thinking time. I say, you know, I didn't really think about it. I mean, it it popped in my mind every now and then, but I knew that I had a six month wait and so I didn't think about it too much. And one of the things that I really, really didn't want to do was research autism and decide that I have it just for the test to then tell me that I didn't. I was absolutely terrified of doing that. I have seen those mugs and things, you know, those memes and stuff that doctors have that says, um, you know, Google, oh, I forgot what it is now, but it's like Google's Dr. Google isn't as good as my PhD or something like that. You know, just basically don't Google your symptoms and don't use Dr. Google. I didn't want to do that. You know, that was precisely what I didn't want to do. So I didn't do any research into it. I was still really, really in the dark about what autism was and whether I might have it or not. As I said, with lockdown, I think more time to think. And so I did think about it a little bit more. And then via my, um, one of my hobbies, I had met somebody and we became friends and we were, well, I say we became friends. We, we didn't really, we just, we became friends on Facebook (laughs) and, uh, but I didn't know her all, all that well, but then we were talking about something on Facebook messenger and she mentioned something about autism. And I said, well, oh, it's, Uh, funny you should mention that because I'm waiting for a test myself and I hadn't really told many people this but I don't know why I just felt like I could tell her and she said to me oh cool that's good Um, because yeah if I had to uh, place a bet on it I would say that you were high functioning Aspie with excellent masking skills and I was just like (laughs) her So, what? Like, we've only spoken about three times. How how do you know that? And what's masking, by the way? <laughs> I'd never heard that term before. And she was like, oh, so masking is kind of what it sounds like, is that you're putting a mask on and you're hiding your traits of autism. And I was like, what? Really? Am I? I don't, am I doing that? I didn't, don't know whether I'm doing that or not. Like, Uh, am I? And she said that when she met me, she noticed that I was avoiding eye contact a little bit um, and something else as well. I forgot what the other thing was. And then, and that blew my mind as well. And I was just like, did I? I avoided eye contact. I didn't even know that I did that. And this is one of the things that I know about autism. And this is one of the things that I've, I never thought that I even had the whole avoiding eye contact thing. So I said to her, I said, well, if I've been masking that, then I've been masking that since a child. I I don't even recall ever starting to, you know, to do that. So that is something that I mask so well that even I don't know that I'm doing it. And even to this day, is that a thing? Is there anybody else out there that masks something so well that they don't even realise that they're doing it? I don't know. I'm still so new in this. I'm still I still feel so green. I'm not sure what's going on. Um 
Anyway, so she, yeah, she said this high functioning Aspie. Now I knew the term Aspie because that's what my friend Dave um, sort of refers to it as, although Asperger's is not used anymore as a diagnosis, but obviously it has been in the, in the more recent past. So um, people still refer to it as that. So I knew what she meant and uh, I just, you know, I could deduce the the meaning of the words high functioning so I gather that just meant that I function quite well in the world and I don't need any support with that. So high functioning Aspie, that masks really, really well. The only thing I didn't fully understand was the masking thing. So after she explained it, yeah, I was just a little bit blown away that this person that I'd only met a couple of times picked up on that. And I asked her, how do you know? And her son is autistic and she also works with people with autism as well. So I guess she was she was quite qualified to make that assumption or deduction. I burst into tears actually. I just I didn't really realize how much it was building up and how curious I was getting on the inside until she said that and then I just cried and I just thought, "Oh my gosh, you know what? I do you know what? I really want to know now. I just want to know." We left it at that. We didn't we didn't speak anymore. But then I think a little while later, I went back to her and we had a huge conversation about it. And I'm so grateful to her for talking to me because I literally didn't know. I know this one person with autism and that's it. So there wasn't really anybody with any knowledge that I knew that I could talk to. So I went back to her and we had this big conversation about it. And I told her that I'm so scared of researching this thing and convincing myself that I've got it for then the doctor to turn around and say, no, you haven't. And I would have just felt like such a fraud if that were to happen. And she, you know, talked to me about it and she was so lovely, but she said, you should research it. She said, don't be frightened because even if the test comes back as negative, if you relate to a lot of these traits or you relate to a lot of these things, then that's just who you are and who you are is who you are and you shouldn't be sorry for that. So if you want to find out a bit more about it, then just go ahead and do it. And again, I just had a massive cry and, and this was a, a longer conversation and it was co- quite in depth. And I think lockdown was starting to get to me a little bit and... Like I said, I didn't realise how curious I was getting. So I got a bit emotional. I thanked her very much for talking to me. And I said, just I just need to let that sit with me for a little while. I need to think about it and just process it. And another word that I've heard to do with uh, autism is ruminate. And I love that word. It's a cool word. But that is what I was doing. Yeah, I had to ruminate about it and decide what to do next. So that's what I did. And that's where I'm going to leave it for now. I will tell you the next part in part three. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you've enjoyed it. And please do find me on Facebook. You can search the incoming Orty and like the Facebook page. You can support the podcast on Patreon. You'll get access to the Tia Tribe group where we can all chat in a safe space. So that would be lovely to see you there. Thanks again. I'll speak to you next time.